Hello everyone, welcome to another new episode of Science.com which is titled as the Standard Model of Particle Physics. In this episode I will be talking to you about the Standard Model of Particle Physics in multiple segments because I do not want the episode to be viewed as one long lengthy you know lecture. I don't want that type of explanation, we will chunk it up so you will be able to better understand it better relate to it and also hopefully you gain some new knowledge from this this is the introductory segment and i will be soon publishing segment one soon so stay tuned and never stop exploring hello everyone welcome to the first segment in our episode about the standard model of particle physics and this segment will be titled as the basics because for any theory to be understood completely well and in a completely uh, enlightened way one must really know about the basics so let us start about learning what actually the standard model is well the standard model is not actually a model it's not like a diagram or something it's a theory so the standard model of particle physics is the theory describing three as you know there are total of four something called as the fundamental forces they are the gravitational force the electromagnetic force the strong nuclear force and the weak nuclear force and this theory is able to explain three of those forces that is all the forces with the exception of gravity and it also does something called as the classification of all the known elementary particles what do you mean by elementary particles well elementary particles are the smallest of the smallest of the smallest unit that can be defined of what we see around us well you have heard of dalton's theory of atoms which described that all or everything in this universe is divided into the smallest unit which he called as the atoms now we know that even the atom is divided into the protons the electrons and the neutrons but now this theory states that the protons neutrons and electrons okay with the exception of the electron the protons and neutrons are also divided into smaller particles and there are other particles also so this theory was actually developed in the later half of the 20th century and the there cannot be one person who has defined this theory there are a lot of scientists who have worked on this theory and hence a lot of work has been done the problem is that it took a long time to experimentally confirm the findings of this theory you see the perfect example for it is the Higgs boson the particle was first suggested by Peter Higgs in the 1960s but we only received theoretical evidence up till five to six years ago so from 1960s to the 2010s you see that there's a long time around 40 years isn't it 40 years is my math good let's say no sorry 50 years I'm not good at math also I guess but never mind let's talk about more on this theory well let me just talk about the forces that it 
is able to describe it describes three of the main four main forces or the four fundamental forces and they are the electromagnetic force the strong nuclear force and the weak nuclear force the standard model is believed to be theoretically self-consistent and through experimental predictions it has been able to explain it with experimental proofs also but there are some phenomena which cannot be fully explained by this theory so this just falls short of the grand unified theory which all physicists all scientists are working towards a single theory that will be able to explain everything that occurs in this universe so some of the things that it does not explain is something known as the baryon asymmetry but the main thing that it is not able to explain is the full theory of gravitation and especially described by the general relativity so why it cannot provide proof enough is not yet known because we know that the universe is expanding so if gravity is acting on it it should not have expanded but it is expanding but it is not to say that gravity is not there gravity is there but the notions applied by the standard model cannot fully explain that theory it does not even talk about something which many of us have heard and that is dark matter well your knowledge of dark dark matter might mostly be from comic books you know the dark matter enters a human body he gains over human skills you know he becomes a superhero maybe at times of a villain also but scientists believe that the expansion of the universe is taking place due to this dark matter but it does the standard model does not fully explain what and how it works in the universe you know for if you are proposing any theory it should satisfy the observations that we have made and the best known criterion for a theory to be successful is that the theory should suit the observations but uh, observations must not be twisted to suit the theory which was made this type of phrase is derived from the original phrase which you have all heard from Sherlock Holmes which says that the theory should be made to fit the evidence but not the evidence must not be manipulated to fit your theory which most of us do so there were a lot of experiments done and only after receiving experimental verification can this theory be fully expected or accepted but there are some hindrances which i will talk about in later segments the next topic is of course the history of the standard model why was this model proposed what bridges did it fill or what gaps in the previous theory did it cover and that is what we will talk about now well the first step towards the standard model was Sheldon Glashow a scientist who discovered in 1961 a way to combine the electromagnetic and weak interactions so we know that the weak and the electromagnetic forces are two separate forces but under some circumstances he was able to give a theory which was able to explain 
both the electromagnetic and the weak as certain cases of this theory. In 1967, Steven Weinberg and Abdus Salam incorporated the Higgs mechanism. The most it incorporates itself within the Higgs boson and all that comes through that. And he was able to give the final modern form to the original Glashow's theory on how he could combine both the electromagnetic and weak interactions. So what is this Higgs mechanism? Well the Higgs mechanism is a theory again but this is what gives this explains how mass is given to elementary particles. We think that mass is something that is always there with things right with matter but why is it that some matter have more mass than the other and that is explained through the Higgs mechanism alright so especially you see of all the elementary particles how do they gain their mass this mechanism explains it after that we were able to combine along with the electromagnetic as well as the weak force we were able to combine the strong nuclear force also and that was how this theory came about but there is one force that is still not taken in into account and that's the most evident force that there is and that is gravity the standard model does not fully explain how gravity works so a lot of research is required in that field well this is all for this segment in the next segment we will be talking about the elementary particles in detail we'll be talking about the different types of elementary particles and how they are categorized as so so stay tuned and never stop exploring thank you hey guys welcome to science Coma podcast on science in the previous segment of our episode the standard model of particle physics we told about the elementary particles in today's segment we will talk about it in the world of particle physics elementary particles are those particles which have no further subdivisions in the years before the standard model of particle physics the currently accepted model of particles it was thought that protons neutrons and electrons were the core or elementary particles the most simplest of any particles that there are however using this theory certain theories could not be explained one prominent among them was how weak nuclear force came about. The absence of a very strong particle accelerators in the 1960s and 70s, the time when this standard model was proposed, made the testing of these theories challenging. Later on, with the development of more powerful particle accelerators, the limelight being on the Large Hadron Collider at CERN, gave us groundbreaking insight into how things behave and work at the quantum level, the smallest of small levels. Concepts such as quantum gravity started to be proposed, but our apparatus and understanding is still rudimentary to fully grasp the extent as to which our universe works. But these steps are crucial and thus provides an opportunity to all budding scientists to help further the advancements in science and technology. Coming back, 
the standard model of particle physics is so far the most accepted model under which the phenomena of the universe can be explained further research is needed to make this truly a theory of everything in that podcast we will dive into the full details of these elementary particles so stay tuned i would like to conclude now stop learning now stop exploring thank you hey guys welcome to sciencecom a podcast on science today we will be continuing our episode on the standard model of particle physics in this segment called fundamental fermions and bosons the building blocks of life in the previous segment we talked about elementary particles and its relation to the standard model of particle physics in this segment we will talk about their classification the type of elementary particles are fundamental fermions and fundamental bosons fundamental fermions are known as matter and antimatter particles whereas fundamental bosons are called force particles the fermions are further split into quarks and leptons very technical and quirky name i must say whereas the bosons are split into so called gauge boson and the all famous higgs boson a quick side note a particle consisting of two or more elementary particles is known as a composite particle and examples for con- composite particles are baryons mesons etc which we will learn in future segments to go further into this concept we must first understand as to how we got here the everyday things in this world are made of matter which you all know which consists of atoms atoms were supposed to be the simplest of all particles but further experimentations revealed that atoms were made of even smaller subdivision or substructure like protons neutrons and electrons which is nothing new here we get to the fun part with the introduction of quantum mechanics particles were predicted to have even more subdivisions quantum mechanics also predicts that a particle exists everywhere like a wave this sort of phenomena is yet to be satisfactorily explained to help you further understand that imagine a field where is a single seed and quantum mechanics says that that single seed is the entire field so you know it might help you know it does give us a lot to think as to how it is possible anyway the fundamental fermions are divided more systematically into something called as generations simply put generations are groups each of these so called generations contain four particles hence there are 12 elementary fundamental or fundamental fermions so let me elaborate on what is this generation well generation is a group as i said it is a group of what it is a group of particles which have let's say the same level i am not saying the same but same level of mass let me give an example the fermions are divided into three generations the first generation the second generation and the third generation all right the third generation particles the particles which are there in the third generations are the heaviest okay they need not have all the same mass but they are the heaviest then the third generation particles decay into the second generation where they are of slightly lesser mass then finally it then decays to the first generation which are of least mass so that is how they are grouped you have the first generation with the least uh with the least mass you have the second generation with slightly more and the third with the highest so that is how they are grouped into so called generations 
so based on the cl- classification of quarks and leptons there are six quarks and six leptons the quarks do have quirky names i must say they are the top bottom charm strange up and down well physicists are physicists what else can i say similarly leptons have a bit more technical name they are the tau and the tau neutrino muon and the muon neutrino the electron and the electron neutrino so you you might guess the way i said that tau and tau neutrino consists of one generation the muon and the muon neutrino consists of another generation the electron and the electron neutron neutrino consists of the third generation meaning the third in number but it is the other way around the tau and the tau neutrino are the heaviest and they come under third generation the muon and the muon neutrino are slightly less and come in the second generation and the electron and the electron neutrino are the lightest and they come in the first generation so it also validates what we know electrons being the lightest particles there is and hence it being in the first generation is a no brainer and this gives more validity to the standard model of particle physics there is a theory that as there are matter in this universe there are also antimatter matter and antimatter are the same except that they have completely opposite properties but anyway that is for another discussion hence these fundamental fermions do have antiparticles known as the antifermions similarly uh, therefore the before explanation stands true there are leptons and antileptons there are quarks and antiquarks so you know these things also supposedly exist the antiquarks are the same as they have the same name as a quarks but with anti there the up antiquark the down antiquark the charm antiquark the strange antiquark the top antiquark and the bottom antiquark same way as the antileptons they are the antielectron which is commonly known as a positron so meaning it is the same as electron but it has opposite charge the anti muon the anti tau the electron anti neutrino the muon anti neutrino and the tau anti neutrino fundamental bosons are referred to as the force particles as it is theorized that there is a presence of a force between two particles due to exchange of these force particles between them what it means that all fundamental forces in nature have one or two particles or force particles associated with it except gravity we'll come to it in a short while but first the type of fundamental bosons are the gluons which are associated with a strong nuclear force the w and z bosons which are associated with the weak nuclear force and the photons which we all know is associated with the electromagnetic force of course we know that light is made of electromagnetic waves the gravitational force is supposedly carried by a force particle called the graviton but experiments haven't been able to prove its existence that is one of the great mysteries that there is and this is the fact which makes the standard model of particle physics incomplete and also the fact that there is these theories is yet to be tested to find and therefore conclude whether it is incompatible with einstein's theory of relativity so a lot of work is still needed but this model is so far the most promising one which can explain the workings of the universe
the last fundamental boson which we as we talk is something which had caused a lot of hype leading towards its discovery and that is the higgs boson the particle more specifically the higgs field which we will discuss in another segment is responsible for giving intrinsic mass to all other particles on this list so this particle or specifically the field of this first particle is what gives everything mass and therefore what gives us mass we first did not think how mass came we just thought it is there but the standard model says that you know no there is some physical thing that gives mass to everything else the discovery of this particle at the LHC that is the large hadron collider was so groundbreaking that it led to the uh, leading physicists who proposed this that is Dr. Peter Higgs and Frank Coyce Englert to receive the Nobel Prize for Physics although they were not the only ones there were a lot of many other people who contributed to this discovery there are no anti bosons as force particles remain the same for both fermions and antifermions quarks and uh, sorry quarks and anti-quarks leptons and anti-leptons the fact that I told you before one of the main differentiating factors between fermions and bosons is that fermions have something known as a non-integer spin and bosons have something known as an integer spin once again I will explain all these things in details in a coming segment another is that fermions obey the Fermi Dirac statistics and hence they get the name fermions it is taken after Enrico Fermi you know the father of nuclear physics so and bosons obey the Bose-Einstein statistics. It is taken off by our very own great Indian scientist Satyendranath Bose, a fact that which all Indians should be very proud of. The most, the most important aspect that distinguishes fermions from bosons is that fermions obey the Pauli exclusion principle, whereas bosons do not. The Pauli's exclusion principle states that no two particles exist in the same so-called quantum state. Simply put, there are some set of numbers which define a given particle. This principle states that two particles cannot have the same set of numbers. The most important aspect one should understand when studying things at the quantum level is that nothing can be defined using a definite set of numbers. There is always an error in the measurement. This is due to the Heisenberg's uncertainty principle which states that the velocity and the position, so the moment and the positioning of a particle cannot be determined at the same time therefore at the quantum level we talk in terms of probability of a particle being at a given place at a given time that is position and velocity the probability that we will be able to unravel the mysteries of the universe within our lifetime is high it is up to us to be able to propose the next great idea experiment theory that will change the way how we understand our universe so kindly stay tuned for the next segment I would like to conclude never stop learning never stop exploring thank you